0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blob Talk Radio.
1: And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Heuchel. Glad to have you here. And it's not quite spring. Not quite. And some of you all are getting some snow and out west. Uh, they're getting record uh, snow there in uh, Arizona. 36 inches can you imagine that i mean to tell you and we see it on tv where they got the palm trees going on there and then of course the snow is just unreal so this winter has been kind of different (laughs) to say the least our temperature has gone up and down up and down we don't know but i will say that i'm very excited about what some of the stores are offering now for folks to uh do their community gardens i even saw in the uh we have an aldi a-l-d-i a grocery store we really like because it's really reasonably priced and uh they have some different kind of gadgets every so often that they sell i guess that's where they can get a good markup and um they had some starter kits and some fertilizer and i forgot what other saying, during it uh but i'm very encouraged by seeing even them uh step up and do some stuff with a uh, community gardening or just gardening there at your house uh so i think it's wonderful I think in the next year or two, uh, particularly in the next year, we'll see a good foundation of stuff changing for uh, gardening. I think there's going to be more interest and more people looking at it as an option. Um, now, I like eating meat, so that's just me. So, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. We like eating meat. Some people don't, evidently. But um, I would say here in the Midwest, we're going to do everything we can to have meat meat around. So, uh, But anyway... Just my opinion. So uh, today what we're going to talk about is an updated uh, version of uh, the uh, farm bill. And some people uh, do the hemp. Uh, This is industrialized hemp that we're talking about. And we're going to find out some information in the farm bill on that from the uh, USDA folks. And then also just a reminder that the American Community Gardening Association Conference, the annual conference they have, it's going to be this year, September twelfth to the fifteenth in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's right it's gonna be in the midwest. We're so excited um see bottom line, they usually go on the East Coast somewhere or south is where they went last year, and then uh next year they would have gone to like the West or whatever. So we're excited that uh the Midwest is being looked at, and uh they even set a date and time so uh it's gonna be in the Ivy Tech community college downtown in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we're up there quite often as a matter of fact, uh every spring and fall. And um the downtown area is a gorgeous looking downtown. Uh it's a, a clean looking, uh fresh new buildings. They got a lot of of uh oh uh, condos and apartment building that they're doing. Always new projects going on. And uh um oh uh, Carmel, Indiana where we go a lot, uh spring and fall also which is above Indianapolis very wealthy area uh we have some doctors up there and um they are doing uh growth hand over fist fist over hand i mean just unbelievable growth uh so i don't know if it's because uh it's a fresh area they're very polite very mannerly uh and that's what we like we don't understand some of this other stuff that happens out in america but uh those folks still stay with the same values so um we are very excited that they're coming to the Midwest. Now, of course, uh, we're trying to add some uh, people in there for them to make it more interesting as far as the media. We're trying to get the word out about it, and we're trying to also get uh, interviews for them uh, so that when they get into town, they at least then they feel like they're well-publicized. So I'm just very excited. So welcome to Indiana for the American Community Gardening Association Conference. The annual conference is going to be uh, September 12th through the 15th um let's see here also let me see here um we're going to have a really neat uh uh oh change in the uh, amer the um, community garden magazine that's going to be for march so i say for march april may those are going to be some changes uh that we're going to be doing uh for our folks in different things uh we do want to get a, a little storefront thing um I know that you can go through PayPal and then go through Shopify and some other stuff, so we're just see what works best uh because eventually here I'm gonna be hiring someone down the road to do all this stuff right now. I've got to just do it myself, so um, we'll keep posted on that um a lot of things happening, just lots of things, and we're so excited so um we are gonna soon do the hour long show on this particular uh broadcast coming up, I believe in uh May. So that's going to be an hour-long program. Uh, we haven't done it since 2014, so we're going to go back to where we are, <laughs> where our roots are. And uh, we're very excited about it. Keep on going forward. Just exciting. Um, well, let me see here. Uh, then we'll also have a news feature that's going to be coming out also soon. Um, we're trying to formulate that better so it's at least a, uh, easier to get the information. And then we'll have that really going gangbusters in May also. Uh, let me see here. And then we have it did that a few years back, also. So we're just kind of recircling things and getting it in better modes and hopefully in better uh, ways of distribution. Um, let me see here. Anything else I can think of off the top of my head? We're gonna come right back and we're gonna listen to uh, the uh, um, ditty from the USDA on the industrialized hemp that's in the new farm bill and what they're gonna do with all that stuff. See Now the USDA from the shutdown, they're up and running now and getting some news stories out there. They're pretty fresh. And uh, we're so excited that everybody's now starting to be a little bit more up and running. So uh, we're going to be right back. You're listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and we'll see you on the other side here. Welcome back to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and right now we're going to listen to a little news story. It's an update about what they've been doing with the uh, farm bill, and, you know, it finally did pass. Uh, So they're going to go ahead and give us a little history and future of industrial hemp in America, and uh, see a lot of those uh, people grow that in Kentucky. That's a really good uh, crop for them, a cash crop, kind of like corn is for, uh, like, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, that kind of thing. So, uh, they're going to give just a little perspective of what's going on with that. Um, and with the industrial uh, hemp production now legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, they're asking what might this mean for economic opportunity for producers of and industries connected to the crop. And they want to give some insight, uh, which comes from uh, current markets and products, but also look at the history of the industrial hemp production in the nation. And uh, Rod Bain uh, covers the timeline of industrial hemp and its significance in the U.S. Uh, in the edition of uh, this uh, ditty I'm getting ready to play for you, Agriculture USA. Oh one sec, it didn't roll. Oh one sec, here we go, here we go.
2: Industrial hemp is the world's standard
0: fiber found in contempt due to its psychoactive cousin. Industrial Hemp, although a member of the cannabis family, has negligible amounts
1: We're gonna play that again. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Perhaps one of the more noticed components of the recently approved and signed 2018 Farm Bill is the legalization
2: of industrial hemp. Industrial hemp is the world's standard fiber of Hispanic contempt due to
0: its psychoactive cousin. Yet as Michael Bowman of the National Hemp Association notes, industrial hemp, although a member of the cannabis family, has negligible amounts of the compound that gives marijuana its reputation, and more importantly, has a historical precedent as a prominent American crop until about 80 years ago. Now he sees opportunities for economic growth for producers through diverse, value-added products.
2: Many claims will say there's 25,000 uses for this plant. I call it food, feed,
0: fuel, fiber, and pharma. Pharma with an F. I'm Rod Bain, And coming up, perspectives on industrial hemp historically and its potential economically. That's the subject of this edition of Agriculture USA. Industrial hemp production and products in our nation goes back as far as colonial times, according to Michael Bowman of the National Hemp Association. In colonial America,
2: if you were a farmer with more than 10 acres, you're required to grow, to set aside 10% of your land for hemp production, for fiber and textiles and paper, and you could pay your taxes in hemp as well. In 1862, we had 16 million acres of hemp being grown in the United States, according to the U.S.
0: Census. And by the late 1930s, the future of hemp was so bright that popular mechanics called it the next billion-dollar crop in the U.S., and
2: Henry Ford had already developed a plastic car that he envisioned
0: would be run on hemp biofuels. But then prohibition in 1937 via the Marijuana Tax Act and declaration of industrial hemp as a controlled substance like its cannabis cousin marijuana in 1970 literally halted growth of this crop in our country. But as Bowman explains, there are differences between the two, even though they are part of the same plant species especially the psychoactive constituent of cannabis.
2: What delineates the two worlds is the amount of THC that is in the plant. If you're below 0.3% THC, you're considered industrial hemp. And if you're above, you're considered marijuana. That's the way they're regulated at all the state levels
0: and globally. Years of effort to legalize industrial hemp as an agricultural cash crop led to two watershed points in recent farm bills. The first, in the 2014 Farm Bill, led to language known as Section 7606.
2: Any state, where it's legal and where there's a permit process in place and there's oversight by either a State Department of Agriculture or a land-grant university, you are allowed to grow hemp for research
0: and commercial purposes. Then, this December, passage and signing of the 2018 Farm Bill into law, which legalized industrial hemp production. What does this mean for economic opportunities for industrial hemp growers and those developing value added products? Bowman says yes, in our country, there should be a return of domestically made hemp fiber for clothing, rope, and textiles. Also, in states where industrial hemp is legalized, research has been ongoing in reestablishing it as a biofuel feedstock.
2: Ambassador James Woolsey is one of our staunchest hemp advocates from the fuel side. Because of the ability to produce copious amounts of ethanol and methanol from stocks, he has always felt like the hemp plant should be one of our crop options for particularly low-carbon biofuels.
0: And at one time, industrial
2: hemp was used in our nation as a building material, which is being rediscovered. Veterans, were are interested in using hemp and hemp creek, an old but new building product, to do some reconstruction in parts of Detroit. L.A. Trade Tech is looking at doing designs of hemp tiny homes and trying to figure out how to build homes in the L.A. area that can be reasonably priced using hemp creek as a base product.
0: Meanwhile, a wide array of new products have developed, growing consumer interest and demand. Those include
2: CBD oil, which so is a very popular health-related product. I'd say the hemp hearts is probably the most popular market right now. Hemp hearts, as components of the seed, have a similar omega-3 profile as fish oil. Being driven a lot by the insatiable world demand for fish oil, we have a land-based opportunity for some of that. Consumers are also driving demand of other value-added products cake that's left over after the cold press of the seeds for the hemp oil, extremely high in protein. We're doing some animal feed products. I've had a handful of discussions with a large organic grocery chain whose customers are consistently now asking for hemp-fed eggs, hemp-fed meat, hemp-fed
0: eggs, fill in the blank. And while Bowman admits that for some, past stigmas of industrial hemp remain, based on its history and future, there is great potential for economic opportunity for U.S. agriculture. This has been Agriculture USA, a broad reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
1: And I know that sells a lot uh, in uh, Kentucky. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been, uh, but they had to get that all permitted and whatever the hey. And uh, so it's uh, definitely an uh, interesting kind of crop uh, that people can uh, you know, use so, or grow. Uh, But uh, we see in the marketplaces right now, uh, we saw one store, we've seen mint plants out. Now we see rosemary thyme, and we also see the two different kinds of maybe mint plants. And we uh, uh, usually grow mint every year, sometimes one kind of brand or sometimes three, uh, sometimes two. (laughs) It just depends upon how we're feeling at the time. Uh, But we think it's extremely different kind of weather, and we're going to go ahead and and have a ditty that uh, they do, uh, the uh, USDA people, because uh, the yearly global temperatures are continuing to run warmer than average over the last uh, 100 years. And Gary Crawford's going to give that to uh, us a report. But then you've got other areas of the nation where it's extremely cold. Oh, wait, let me see if I got that story. Uh, It's telling me I may not have it. One moment, please. I'm telling you, it's one of those days where either the electronics is going to work for you or not. It's not. So we're not going to uh, hear that story by the USDA, and that's too bad. But uh, we've noticed it, too, um, that the uh, temperatures are just strange right now. Um, We see that on our bill for the, the, um, oh, what do you call it? Utility bill, and we think that's wonderful because we've had it double the amount just a few years back, so about a couple of years ago. So we were just very excited that our bill for, uh, I think, January was like in half. Now, that's odd for us here in the Midwest, I must tell you, because sometimes it gets stinking dang cold uh, around the Christmas area on up to about February. But uh, our bill this past month was, I think, about one half of what it was the the previous year. So, and then of course a year or two ago before that it was high. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what our bills are. Uh, but that's us here in the Midwest. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and uh, tell you some stuff about the science daily, some top health news that we're seeing. Uh, we'll tell you about these every so often because I get a lot of different newsletters and news stuff and whatever, and um, it says three years into soda tax, sugary drink consumption is down more than 50% in Berkeley. That's interesting. So when we just talk about straws, how they go uh, out on the West Coast, and they don't uh, hardly even see any kind of straws. Uh, we've got paper ourselves. We've also got plastic. Uh, we Now what we do, and I'll just tell you a little tip. When we do errands, we get kind of thirsty. We can always bring our own water if we want to or on drink. Well, we just go ahead because it's like 50 to 70 cents for a senior drink. So we can go somewhere and get a senior drink. And then what we do, uh, we used to keep all the glasses. And in case there was, uh, you know, some kind of a earthquake or some kind of disaster, uh, then we have like a, a plastic tin that we keep uh, all kinds of different either plastic or paper uh, glasses. Uh, in there, you know, from the uh, different uh, uh, fast food places. And we have a stored in case uh, there is a natural disaster, then we'll at least have something to to uh, drink from. Uh, then what we do, and we have not bought a straw for I don't know how many months, uh, probably about a year almost, uh, we use the straws. We reuse them, and we may use them again two to four times or five times, whatever, and then throw it away and use another one. And you'd be surprised how many straws you can accumulate if you're out and around. Now, we only do errands ourselves, uh, often, and we don't do too much, but um, we've accumulated a lot of straws. We haven't had to buy a straw package for a long time. So we have several hundred straws, so we should be okay for a little while in case we do have a disaster, but... um, uh it's been very interesting uh we've got the paper ones that you get for if a dollar tree for a dollar you know we got several packages of those then we've got some packages of, of plastic straws and boxes and then a plastic and then we've also got the um ones that uh, come from these uh, soft drinks that we have out uh so we don't need more straws so uh, someone was saying that well if you go on these they uh, sorry the west coast and you go to some of these restaurants because they've got laws now about those plastic straws. He said it's hard to hard find straws. So, um, what, what changes happen, huh? Okay, uh, the fruit fly wing research reshapes understanding how uh, organs form. Interesting. And uh, let's see, there should be some protection to patients with a rare genetic disease. And believe it or not, in small groups, people follow high performance leaders. I'd say it's probably right. And they're seeing uh, seasonal and geographic trends in syphilis. Oh, yeah. Now they're seeing with the migrants coming in a large uptick in several diseases, and some of them like polio, we haven't seen in years. Of course, we started seeing a a certain strain of polio about two years back, but um, there's more uptick of. Terrible diseases coming through with the migrants coming through. So the CDC is very concerned, particularly there along the border. But whoever gets through and gets to the United States, they're bringing it and trekking it in also. Um, Measles for sure is uh, at an uptick down the area. Um, Just horrible uh, disease like syphilis and, and, you know, gonorrhea and so on that. We don't need that. uh, That's just my opinion. We don't need all that stuff. Okay, uh, it also says that, believe it or not, junk food is linked to both moderate and severe psychological distress. Interesting, interesting. I mean, uh, for me, I just had one of my blood tests. I have tests every so often about stuff. And uh, my LDL and cholesterol was the lowest it's ever been. Now, sometimes uh, the the high cholesterol has been lower than it's ever been. But the LDL was a little higher the test before. But this one, it was much, much lower. Don't know what I did. I hope I can figure out what it is. Gosh dang, I'm so excited. So I can't wait to see the doctor coming up this coming weekend and find out what all that means. Because I don't know what that means. (laughs) I like when they say, "Um, your test results look pretty good. They're in normal. And uh, continue doing what you're doing. I want to know what I'm doing. What am I doing? (laughs) I have to figure out what I'm doing Okay, let's see here Smoking cessation may reduce risk of rheumatoid arthritis Um, Let's see And they are trying to figure out why Or how to treat depression in prisons And why it matters Uh, That's something that they're researching Um, Study examines There's a study out there that examines Individuals' willingness to use artificial intelligence In career choices Uh, and then also they're doing uh, reasoning of why a blow to the chest can kill or save you how interesting Um, there's the psychological dangers of extreme heat someone's doing a test on that one how interesting Uh, let's see here I still like the one about the in small groups people uh, follow high performing leaders I do believe so um, now, this is interesting. There's a chemical supposedly that's added to consumer products that impairs response to antibiotic treatments. Ugh. I mean, to tell you, you have to really be up on uh, what's going on. So, uh, but anyway, let's see, let's go back here. If you go ahead and go through your different stores, you're going to see a lot of cool stuff out now about planting, fertilizer, planting, seeds. Uh, Seed starter kits Lots of those Lots of starter kits And like I said before Even Aldi uh, carried it Which I've never seen That I know of Maybe they have But I'm just so thrilled To have them And um, Find ways To start getting Your mind prepped For uh, what it is You're wanting to grow Now we go through The ideas uh, Every year You know What do you think We're going to grow this year What do you think Is going to be that You know And then we change our minds A month later So uh, that's us (laughs) We used to be pretty well that here's the graph that we have, the chart, and here's what we're growing, that's it. But we're getting older, and so it's up in the air all the time. <laughs> and I think also we're doing a little bit more traveling than we uh, have before. Uh, we do uh, like going up uh, north uh, uh, in our state. Um, I go to different doctors and specialists, and I really enjoy those uh, moments and opportunities. And uh, we just really like the drive and the, the getting away and, and uh you know, being around different settings. So um so for us it's a treat and we get to see a lot of farm land as they were going up there and we get to see all the different farmers markets set up and so on like that. We're gonna to try to give you an update this after this week. I tried to make contact with somebody about um uh some mobile farmers market units that I wanted to see if they could help us retrofit. And that would be uh for two different kinds of vehicles. One would be like for concessions Food truck, and then one would be for uh buses, so we're going to go ahead and see if we can make contact with those folks uh, next week, see if anybody respond or give us some feedback, and uh, see what the owners on one of the companies say so I'm hoping when the owners uh on this uh particular food uh situation will help us out because uh that could be really beneficial. I did make contact with the national group uh to say, hey uh once you all." Pitch in and do this for your different stores and get out there in the food deserts and get food to people. So we'll wait and see if they respond to that or make some changes. Kroger is helping out uh, the folks in Louisville. As a matter of fact, is a test market, and I'm hoping that goes well, and I hope there's great response from it. I think this could really change America. I really do. Uh, We need more community gardens. We need more mobile uh, food markets, you know, farmers markets. We need to get access to the, uh, the food deserts, and if we can do that with the mobile units, that would be great. Um, on my part, we're uh, offering to people to see about food hubs. Um, I emailed a group uh, about a week ago. I'm going to have to try to call them and see if they're interested in trying to help us get the word out, um, but uh, we want to make sure we can get the food hubs out there to help people. If it means that we do it with a small little store on the side two or next door, that's fine too. Uh, So that uh, brings something back to those food desert areas Uh, because people do want to eat uh, better, but they don't have access to it. So we need to start making more access to it. And I think that's going to help the income levels also for farmers and urban farmers and also the small farms. So you can make a good little living off of it. A lot of people do in the acre or less uh, area. And uh, some of them make some five and six digits a year. Uh, Growing the food and then selling it off to different uh, places, whether it's restaurants in your area, uh, food hubs, uh, whether it's to um, grocery stores, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, There's all kinds of ways of getting that fresh uh, product sold to somebody. So uh, we're going to keep you posted on that kind of thing. Uh, But do start some more community gardens. The need is so great still. And we need to make sure that people are able to eat what uh, they uh, need for their, their health and to uh, keep strong. Uh, if you have migrants coming in or illegals, uh, you know, the immigrants thing, I shouldn't even say illegals, but if you have immigrants, uh, there are some uh, places around America that do grow the uh, vegetables and fruits uh, for that particular sector of people, what they're used to. Like uh, there were some Russians, uh, one group helped out with, and then some other. Uh, Asian group or whatever they helped out uh, with, you know, what they grow or whatever. So, um, do be open with the, the fact that uh, you can help these folks eat what they are used to eating. And our folks need to eat more. So, um, and do uh, look into part of getting your person paid if you're over community gardens in your city. Uh, I brought this up with our town. Uh, they've got about four groups that are trying to see what they can do to get uh, a staffing of some sort done. Uh, And I hope they do contact your hospitals locally and see if they can pitch in all together and see if they can get a paid staff member to look over these community gardens because it is a lot of work. Not only is it a lot of work to get past the month and a half that's just horribly hot during the summer, but it's also a lot of work to make sure that you get the weeds out and you get everything looking good for people and be able to get to the food banks and food pantries that what you have left over. So um, it's exciting times ahead, folks. I'm just so excited. And you're listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugel. It's just awesome. It's just going to be an awesome year. Have a great Community Garden Day.